back, everybody, to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell, and joining me this week, I'm back, not in a room with other people. I'm just by myself in my garage, but across the internet from me, by himself in a room in Scotland. It's James Thompson. Hello. Hello. I think this isn't the first Cyberman finale we've talked about. Um, back in 2014, my second ever podcast, uh, Death in Heaven. Oh, I like this better than that. <laughs> just a, just a. <laughs> well, yeah, spoiler. I mean, it, it's only half a story uh, so far, but it doesn't have Danny Pink uh, as a. Well, that's true. I, I actually, my memory is that I kind of liked part one of that and then didn't like part two, but I don't I know. Think, so I think that we talked about part two and that's always with these things is the two parters. It's like yeah. part one. And there's been so many great part ones in Doctor Who history. Of course. Not so many great part twos. Right. But and that that's that's how I feel about this episode. This is Ascension of the Cybermen, series twelve, episode nine by Chris Chibnall. Next week is the finale. It was billed as part one of the two part season finale. And it it there's a lot in it and we're gonna go over it. And I enjoyed watching the whole thing. But I also found it ultimately unfulfilling because it's not a complete story. It doesn't have an ending. It it sets up a whole bunch of tension leading to a cliffhanger, which is fine. That's what you do. Doctor Who has been built on cliffhangers. But that there isn't any anything here. It's all... Uh, atmosphere and excitement and setup, but there's no resolution, and that's the real question: is what is the resolution? What's been the point of all of the all of the noise that happened in this episode? Uh, to make you watch next week. Um, all right, I will. I was going to anyway, but I think yeah. that's the, that's the question, right? Is that we don't know we don't know the answer. This is a an incomplete story, and it's always hard to judge the incomplete stories. Um. But you know, I I I like the opening, the sort of the floating Cybermen head in space, and then going through the eye to in, get to the credit. Yes, I thought that was very clever, and that's a narration about the the Cybermen from Ashad, the lone Cyberman who we uh, who we met last week, and uh, talking about ri- bringing the Cybermen back, and anything that's dead can be brought can be brought back apparently that which is dead can can live again he says every empire has its time and i think again um something that we speculated about last week he says in the hands of a believer and there is this and the doctor points out in this episode that this lone cyberman you know we can we not only can we seize part of his face but like he has the emotions of anger uh, you know, and, and and hatred and all these things that the Cybermen strip out. And so he is he is a contradiction. And in fact, at one point he says, um, we're going to be, you know, Cybermen and beyond, which is intriguing and a question. And In that, a kind of Buzz Lightyear-y way? Yeah, I don't think so. I think in a much worse way than that to Cybermen and beyond. Uh, and then, um, it, it, yeah, it is... I said this last week too. I I've always found the Cybermen kind of boring. 
Uh, there's a nice well, shout out to to the fact that they are allergic to gold, which is great. But like the va- advantage of having a shot of having the lone Cyberman is he's got a personality and he's got emotion and he's got a plan that we don't really understand because he's not your average everyday Cyberman. His plan seems to be to bring the Cybermen back and more. And that's I find I find them much more interesting when there is a charismatic sort of leader who we don't understand who's doing scary things and has pl- has plans I, I just like his presence makes the cybermen way more interesting for me yeah i i mean my my problem with the episode kind of starts well not at the very beginning because we'll get to the very beginning we'll do this out of order and Doctor mm. who style That's but fine. why go to the end of the war what was the you know the, the whole reasoning of the doctor turning up uh like when everything is pretty much done and I didn't quite understand why not go like you've got a time machine you can go anywhere I have some well this is for the doctor's perspective this is where he was sent with the Siberium like this is these are the coordinates and so if you want to stop the this guy you have to follow him to where he went um if he I think I think it's a good question that may be addressed next week about like what the origin of the Siberium is and is it not just a a uh, a little plot device but actually kind of has more importance to to this but the way I viewed it is he he doesn't want to just make the Cybermen not lose the war he wants to take the Cybermen after they've lost and then build them up in his image and there's that really creepy moment where they they wake up a couple of cybermen and then do something to them that's terrible which is a mystery but like that so i think that 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 he's got more going on here this this uh, lone cyberman um ashad we don't we don't know who he is or what his deal is but he seems to have uh you know a plan to you know bring them back in a different kind of horrible way which is like wait a second the cybermen weren't bad enough for him and the answer seems to be no he wants he wants them to be worse so we have a sort of intriguing b plot running alongside all of this episode which yes. i have to assume is connected i would hope that would be a real letdown if this whole thing happens and we don't have any idea what it has to do so you're referring to throughout the episode we've got uh, a, a man on a bike finds a baby in a basket and they adopt him and he grows up and it's brendan and he becomes a member of the guard and he lives his life and then he re- he's an old man and he retires and they give him a clock they give him a clock and then he walks outside and his father and the guy who uh came to the house after he was found are there and they're their same age and they say sorry about this we got to take you to the back room and zap your brain because you can't remember this and put some headphones on you that look suspiciously like uh cybermen helmet bits yeah although that may be a misdirect but but I don't know because we've got a bunch of different stuff going on here. So what? So what? So what struck you about that thread? Well, so I mean, it seemed to be possibly you know you're seeing the whole life of this person yeah. from found as a baby, and to my mind, maybe it was some kind of accelerated, you know, sort of uh, Picard inner light style, ah. you know, li- living your whole life to get you into the point where you can i don't know be become the perfect cyber soldier or whatever it is they're actually doing um so 
yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm thinking that this is just because of the headphone thing, which as you say, may be a misdirect, but I'm thinking it's some kind of accelerated uh, deployment thing for uh, hmm. getting your Cybermen up and running quickly. Okay, I've got, I've got a few theories. Um, my first theory is that this is that the headphones might be a misdirect and this is actually about the doctor's past and maybe the master's past. And it's because of that damn clock. They give him a clock and when they take him to the back, they set the clock on a shelf and there's a shot of the clock. And I'm like, what do we know about clocks and stopwatches is they can contain time lords. Okay. I Yes. I like that one. But also, um, Brendan falls off a cliff at one point. He's shot and falls off a cliff. And doesn't and die. Is, and doesn't die, doesn't regenerate. Yeah. And is mysteriously intact. Yes. And that seems and un that's, unreal, right? Yes. Which is why I think, you know, uh, said person is strapped into VR or mm -hmm. whatever the cyber vr equivalent is so so uh, these are good theories i have one more that i'm going to throw out that just occurred to me while you were talking which is i'm going to throw in a uh a uh, silence in the library style theory here uh, which is that maybe this is related to the siberium itself which is an ai mm -hmm. And maybe that this is some, you know, a clever way of saying, well, actually, what you've been seeing all along is this is this mechanism that is used that this this AI has assimilated all of the Cybermen knowledge and is trying to escape the Cybermen and find the doctor and something like that. I'm not quite sure how that hooks up, but it's another thought that occurred to me because clearly there is a strange misdirection going on here. Since this is not resolved, we have to wait until next week to figure out what the heck we even saw with uh, Brendan. But it's either unreality as you said and it's some sort of training or i think it's a time lord thing where it turns out that those two guys were actually his um his companions his minders and he is being and th this is a time lord who's being basically held against their will in a in a in a loop of some kind yeah, um, as I, a punishment I, I, fourth theory just so that we cover all the bases um person who was also invulnerable uh who we haven't seen since popping up briefly as a cameo in a previous episode would be jack Cap harkness captain jack sure um not that i think it particularly was captain jack but you know uh just thinking of invulnerable people yeah yeah so fascinating because there is no answer to this we just we have some clues um and we've thrown out our ideas but we don't know we don't have any idea what the actual connection is to either the Cyberman plot or the uh, or maybe the Doctor Master Timeless Child plot, both of which have been floating around there. And and the uh, the Ruth Doctor, right, from uh, yes. from from that episode that um, could be, but, uh, you know, could be related I imagine probably is, but I also don't want to assume that. Like, it's possible that that there's going to be a resolution of something in the finale, but that also ki kind of kicks out this other mystery that is not entirely explained. So it's you know, I I, I would chalk that up as a as a kind of like adjunct to the to the master yes. time lords sort of plot. And it may well be that they don't tie up everything in the next episode. I don't and something something I don't think is they left. Are. 
I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I don't think they they will. I think the idea that this is going to change everything. I mean, it's very hard to see something that's going to change your your conception, even if it ends up being that the doctor and her companions are are kind of done uh, with their adventure and going off on something else at the end of the finale next week, which I have a hard time imagining, but it could happen. Uh, I feel like there's more there's like there's more that's going to be on the agenda because of the stuff that's going to happen next week. Cause I think Chris Chibnall is going to put down all of these, all of these cards that he's been slowly drawing into his hand. I'm going to extend that metaphor all across the, uh, the season. And it's, and it's something that is going to change the doctors and our conception of the doctor's history and possibly the masters too. And we've speculated about it all along, but I, I'm hopeful that that's going to happen next week. And but probably much, then into a Christmas or New Year's special, maybe uh, a connection there too. But pretty much nothing resolved in this episode. So no, that's uh, that's it. So we can talk about the, the rest of it. But like like the story of Brendan, the baby who's found in a basket in the middle of the road, um, nothing really is resolved. We've got a few different storylines. The Doctor. Uh, and her companions end up on a planet that's near a big planet with rings and stuff. These are the coordinates that they got out of uh, Shelley. This is the Siberian coordinates that that the uh, the lone Cybermen got. It's the very far future, the immediate aftermath of the cyber wars. And this is this is a line of dialogue that was mentioned um, earlier when Jack appeared, which is this concept that the Cybermen were ultimately defeated in our dead empire. And that was planting the seeds so that we could see it here where almost all the Cybermen are dead. Almost all humans are dead. I, I wonder why they want to kill all humans, but the guy is very much like, I want to kill all humans. So they, they're really focused on killing all, all humans. And uh, the doctor's got a plan. She's got the, her, she and her team have stuff. They're going to set it up. They're going to protect these seven people who are among the last humans around from uh, being attacked by the, some of the last of the Cybermen. And uh, at, at that point, floating Cybermen head drone things appear and they, they, they float, they fly, and they blow up all of the defenses that they were going to use against the Cybermen. So uh, nice try. Yeah, the, those defenses uh, did not seem to be particularly thought through. Yeah, um, I, I think I think the doctor was expecting the you know clump 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 just some Cybermen to appear, and instead it was a far more sophisticated um, initial wave that that managed to get out all of those defenses that would have attacked a, a traditional Cybermen. So I mean that, that I guess that was the fun of it is the doctor is thinking like all the fans are, which is like, well, here are the ways you stop Cybermen, and then there's this new thing, which is the flying head drone things. And it's like, oh well, I can't stop those. I was kind of disappointed we didn't see the drones taking off from the bodies of Cybermen uh, in a kind of now we can fly our heads around sort of way. But yeah. That, um, yeah. So uh, lots of people killed and the yeah. doctor kind of feels a bit bad about it and is saying that, you know, she's been really reckless yeah. with her companions, which is kind of true. Yeah, uh, that's and, always true. But here she's admitting it. It's like, oh, no, you're in danger now. This is bad. <laughs> So she she sends them all off uh, with the the remaining humans in a very odd looking little ship that they have, which reminds me of a Dalek ship or something, um, but or or just a sort of nineteen fifties flying saucer. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a weird little thing that is like the only thing that they can get to uh, get off of the 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 planet. But Ryan and a couple others don't make it on that that ship, and so they're they're separated there, and and the Doctor ends up 
throwing a like some kind of an exploding something at the lone cyberman and running off with the uh the younger uh, the younger one, the teenager, the older man uh, dies. But so then the teenager and Ryan and the doctor kind of, uh, kind of run off and, uh, and steal I, in a moment that like, I don't know where they parked the TARDIS, but obviously too far away to get to, but they can, they can go to where the Cybermen landed their ships and steal one of their ships. So, um, they do that. And, and that is a very funny moment where Jody Whittaker gets to riff as she's trying to hotwire a spaceship and say yeah, i used to do this a lot people really got mad at me but it's going to save our lives so who was right and who was wrong now huh and then the the kid elbows her aside and says i can do this much faster than you and then he does which is uh, because he grew up around in the cyber war and uh, i thought that was pretty fun yeah i mean i i liked uh, i liked that bit um i i think it the Doctor should have come up with some re- remote recall for the TARDIS by now because yeah, right. it's always parked a bit too far away for plot uh-huh. purposes. Um, but yeah, so the TARDIS is now left on a planet and we'll never see it and again. And we'll never see it again, no. I mean, you're, you're right. This is one of those things where there's a plot hole if the TARDIS is available. So I did have a moment later where I actually thought we were going to have a surprise TARDIS reveal, um, but it's not yet. So I'll, I'll, I'll save that. Um, the, uh, what we find, the ship that is launched is failing. They're trying to make it to the boundary, which is a place that they're, we, we are told is the only point of safety. Um, it actually reminded me of um, Utopia. I'll see you mm-hmm. in Utopia. The idea yeah. that this is where the last humans are going and it's a gateway with a direct route out of here to a random part of the universe, which is the best hope of safe harbor. So it's literally a human diaspora. They're trying to flee the Cybermen. Um, and that's why, that's why, uh, they are going to use this gateway thing, the boundary just to flee to a random location. And we're, we're going to, we find out more about that in a little bit. My suspicion about the boundary was that it was something like a cyber conversion facility that everyone was fleeing to and were then being turned into yeah, Cybermen or I, something like that. But apparently not. I was I was concerned about that, too. Um, I also thought at one point uh, coming up and as we walk through the plot, like there's a there's a moment where they discover that this the ship that they're on is full of you know, thousands of Cybermen warriors. And I thought, oh, is this the 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 lone Cybermen's big plan is you drive a ship full of Cybermen through the boundary and now you can reestablish the Cybermen empire wherever you end up. And maybe that's how he, he you know, they're, they're leading him to his solution. Um, I don't know if that's right either, given what we what we find out later. Um, this is the moment where where the doctor has a an argument with a hologram version of the lone Cyberman, where she points out those things I mentioned earlier, which is that you know he he's got a grudge against humanity and that he he's being driven by human emotions. He tells a story about how he was a willing recruit but was denied. Um, but now he understands he was not discarded. He was chosen to revive the glory of the cyber race, which I'm, I find fascinating because I, I said something like this last week and now I'm going to double down, which is this guy is not a Cyberman. Like this guy is a cosplayer of a Cyberman. He's a wannabe Cyberman. And he, this is why the Siberian didn't want to go with him and wanted to go with the doctor is that he's not a legitimate Cyberman. He's a, he's a fraud. Now, whether he's like working for the master or working for some other group or what, it, what his deal is yet to be revealed. But I have lots of questions about him now with this dialogue because it makes it seem very much like, 
you know, he's trying to bring the Cybermen back or make them different, not because he was a soldier before who got damaged, but like he's literally he was not allowed to be a Cyberman and now he is going to be one. So uh, to uh, bend this analogy even further, if we call him the Kylo Ren of this situation, cosplaying, uh, we have uh, Ko Shamus who turns up, who's very much in the old Luke uh, kind of mold right in that he's this lone person uh who is in on fact a, it's on a shoreline <laughs> on, a, on a shoreline with a big staff um but yes uh, it's he, he's odd so he's the person who's basically guarding this boundary um and mysteriously there was nobody else there uh for budgetary reasons but yes uh i i was kind of like what is his deal because you know he had a sort of, you know, time lordy quality to he him, did. really. He did. Uh, and so, that indeed, when the boundary opens uh, it, and it's revealed to be uh, Gallifrey, although he says, oh, it's never done that before, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, I wasn't surprised, but yeah, I don't think he's a time lord, but it, it just has, you know, this sort of seer-like uh lone figure uh, well, was was quite interesting and 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 given that gallifrey is is revealed and the master comes through at the end i had to bring it back to utopia again i had a, a very similar thought about like well this is like classic master right which is you set up yes. you set up the uh the transport that will take you to safe haven and you're actually going to take those people and do something terrible with them whether it's related to the lone cyberman or whether it's its own kind of master plot. Um, it, it makes me wonder, maybe the master is using an existing, you know, schism in space and time to uh, pop up at that moment and talk to the doctor. But it also may be that he's literally been operating this thing all along as part of his scheme that at well, this point he's going to reveal himself. Going back to Death in Heaven, which was another master Cyberman Again, story yes. as, as well, you know, uh, you know, uh, he and she has form for doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the master appearing wasn't a great surprise because there was a credit for the next episode yes. for an actor, the Barak Stemis, being an anagram of Master is Back. Yes. So, you know, when the, when the master jumped through the portal, it, it, it wasn't... Uh, uh, a huge uh, reveal to me, but I did think, uh, you know, uh, I think the master said something like, I can't remember the exact line, but, you know, about that, that was a good entrance or something, something like that. Uh, you know, so the Gallifrey seemed to be pretty much uh, not, uh, well, it was post-devastation. Yes, the by destroyed the Gallifrey that we, that we have, were shown early on in episodes so, two and three, I think. So I, I mean, like, was did the boundary go to Gallifrey because the doctor had stepped in front of it and it is like keyed on? Tell, yeah, telling you where you need to go or something like that. Yeah. Yes, uh, which, which is what I thought. But then it's kind of like uh, somewhat of a coincidence then that the master should pop through just at that very moment. Indeed. Uh, so I, I guess, well, I, I, I never bet against it just being all a plot by the master, I guess. I wanted to mention at this point, by the way, we reached the point in Brendan's life where he shot and falls off a cliff and um, and they go find his dead body at the bottom of the cliffs where I shouted out, oh, it's Broadchurch now. 
That's all <laughs> I wanted to say about that because it's Chris Chibnall and there's sad people at the bottom of a cliff. It's uh, That's what Broadchurch is all about. That's a whole show. No spoilers for Broadchurch. It's a whole show about people being sad at the bottom of cliffs. That's what that show is. And presumably not springing back to life, however. Presumably. Um, the So there's some nice uh, Ryan and Yaz stuff in here where they're bickering on the spaceship. Um, you know, we're in the middle of space dying slowly, the one guy says, and it's like, thank you, Eeyore, we're not going to go out down without a fight. They find out that they're floating in kind of a cyber graveyard with dead Cyberman parts and some ships. And uh, and uh, they decide, sort of egged on by by Graham, mostly, to um, turn their the remaining life support energy and instead put it toward thrusting them toward this big Cyberman spaceship because if they can get in there, presumably they can stay alive because their their uh, ship is is falling apart, um, which which they do and the ship goes inside the Cyberman ship like a coin dropped in a <laughs> slot, just like bloop. and like, and activates the whole thing. And turns uh, it on. Just well, that's what happens when you put a coin in the in the slot of the video game. Is uh, it uh, it turns on and and game on. Although I was able to headcanon that away pretty easily. Like, well, this is what this is what the ship does. Is it accepts it accepts ships coming in and then it guides them to a spot and turns things on and says, "All right, now there's a ship here." So I I I went with that. But um, it's uh, oh, what is the the. Uh, the lone Cyberman says, this is the site of our greatest defeat and soon a shrine for our return. Yes. So, um, mm. I mean, I, I did like, uh, so when they, they go down and it's like, you know, oh, this is the cyber war carrier. What yes. could it possibly be carrying? Um, uh-huh. well, yeah, that was thousands- my moment of like, oh no, this is how they're going to come back is that they're going to fly this ship through the boundary and take the whole Cyberman army somewhere. Yeah, basically, it's Graham's fault mm-hmm. um, for being optimistic and uh, never giving up and activating. What was it? There was thousands of troops in one thing. There were ten per floor, and there were hundreds of floors. Yes, so, you know, like let let's say a comfortable good million uh, Cybermen about Cybermen to, warriors. Uh, the warrior class. I'm not great with different Cybermen models. This looked like a, a a new Cyberman that looked a little bit like it had an old Cyberman head, but a modern Cyberman body yes i mean it, it looked very uh, uh 80s uh good cyberman uh to me but but yes maybe all the other heads had flown off uh, ah. as drones and so they needed to get some uh, some old ones out of storage maybe or so. something like that maybe so uh, i i will throw out another wild theory here which is what if these cybermen are what the master uses to destroy gallifrey just throwing it out there uh, yeah no I, I i like that um you know, get them through the boundary, just adjust things slightly. A little bit, right? And then he uses them and then they come back around. Just uh, throwing it out there. We got with time travel and the master and stuff, stuff like that can happen. I did. So I appreciated, I think that the war carrier looks great. Um, I think it is a claustrophobic spaceship, sci-fi spaceship, which I always like. Um, I think that them, you know, they're looking around and trying to figure out where they are. I think it's okay. If I have a criticism of this episode, I think it's that they could have done more with the tension of the fact that there is a, a Cyberman 
you know, leader and his henchmen, and they're also on the ship and they're, and they are, um, and they have a plan. And instead it feels very separate. Like we've got characters that are kind of wandering around and then we've got these guys who land and are trying to do their thing. And I thought you have an opportunity for a really claustrophobic kind of, um, tension filled thing involving the bad guys and the good guys going around on the spaceship. But it doesn't really happen until the very end. Um, and I wish there had been a little bit more of that because it, it was it just didn't seem quite as as tension filled as I would have liked when I thought back about what what the ingredients are in this episode. I'm not sure it all comes together other than that moment that I think is spectacular with the best moment of Cybermen you know, marching that we've ever seen where you see them all marching and they're like up on catwalks marching and there are just hundreds of them marching in various places at the end of that one was really, I I remember what it was like when the show came back and they had like four Cybermen and they could split (laughs) the screen in two places and have 12 Cybermen and we've come a long way. I like that shot. I also like the shot of the doors opening, you know, which sort of gradually rippled down the corridor. Yep. So there were quite a few shots in this that, you know, stood out to me as nice cinematography and well done. I agree. I think that the thing that bothered me most about the plot was everything just seemed too convenient, Mm -hmm. you know, and this may be explained by some uh, master master, plan, master plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, everybody just happening to turn up at the right point to you know flip this switch and to do whatever that uh, sets everything into motion but you know we, we have this mysterious siberium which we're not entirely sure what it is right you know is it the thing that is uh like the the controller for all the cybermen it didn't 100 percent seem that way right uh and so is this a is this another player in in this game as it were um or is it it didn't like it like the doctor right which makes me wonder does that mean that the that the lone cyberman is not to be trusted and is not really a, a the right cyberman or does it mean that the siberian has something to do with the time lords and the master and the doctor and that's why it recognizes the doctor and i, I don't know or they may just not deal with it at all and we'll be left wondering about the siberian forever but i i i share your uh, intrigue about like what what exactly is this thing or is it just a MacGuffin? I don't know. I mean, I was actually expecting when when the pods the first pod was opened and the eighties um, Cyberman was activated that it wouldn't actually care too much for this uh, half human. Uh, right model and i keep waiting for that right i keep waiting for somebody to say you're malfunctioning you are not you know one of us and have that moment but that may be why they're operating on them and messing them up and trying to trying to get access to them to make them into something different well maybe they were screaming because they were having their emotions and and whatever reactivated to make them as uh fearsome as ashad uh our named cyberman maybe Um, have we have we had cybermen with names before i I mean it's only the names of what who they were before but i think that's the implication here is he remembers who he is and and his his how he started and and he had a name and so that's that's it's i just think it's a very clever way to make the make a cyberman with personality right because that that really is the reason that they're so boring is that they don't have any well, I mean, Danny Pink had his uh, visor off, I think, in the uh, in the episode right. where he was a Cyberman for for similar reasons, yeah. just to, because 
you know, just r- marching around saying, you know, resistance is futile or whatever. Delete, um, delete. Yes. Uh, it's a bit one note. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually like in Cyberman stories, it's not the Cyberman, you know, running around uh, uh, assimilating everybody bit that I like. It's the lead up to Cybermen, especially when you're watching a story and you don't realize it's a Cyberman story until it's too late. Uh, There's a very good big finish story like that. Um, I think it was one of the Paul McGann ones uh, where it was like, you only get to the end of it and you go, oh, I see. Right. Um, but but yes, we're, we're kind of jumped into the, the middle of this story, really. And mm-hmm. we haven't really found the beginning or the end. No. And, uh, uh, there is Kosharmas, who is uh, the keeper of the boundary. We mentioned him earlier. He does have a uh, Time Lordy kind of feel a little bit. Uh, also Luke on that island a little bit. He's a uh, He's a person, not a planet. Doctor thought, oh, I thought you, you're, you're an actual guy called Kasharmus. I had no idea. Um, he said, sure, I, I am. I, I fought in the war. I founded this place. The boundary is real. It responds to proximity. Just get up close. And I thought, mm, I don't, don't get up close. I don't no. know if I trust this guy, but uh, there is a big like field and um, it's all shiny. And yeah. and so so while on the ship, Graham and Yaz and the other two people are uh, end up locked in the control room, and all the Cybermen are out, and they're going to come and kill them. And they actually open the door and start firing, and that's the that's one of our cliffhangers. And then the other cliffhanger is well, there are two with the Brendan thing that we talked about, where uh, he's given a clock and then taken into the back, and things are put on his head, and he's zapped, and we don't, and they say, you know, thanks for your service, sorry you won't remember it. And then um, on at the boundary, the boundary clears and it's Gallifrey and the master steps through, um, say, commenting on his entrance by saying that was a good entrance, right? And then saying, you you know, doctor, you must be afraid because everything is about to change forever. <laughs> and that's uh, we've got our three sort of cliffhangers to lead into next week's final episode of the season. Yes, I am surprised, in fact, that Chris Chibnall didn't jump through the portal and say everything is about to change yeah. because he's been saying that for weeks. Yeah, the um, the in the next time trailer, the master says something that that feels very much like it's literally the writer of the show saying, "Aha, things will never be the same after this is revealed to you." Um, but you know, then again, it's the master. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine if you're going to have a, a an operatic villain an over-the-top villain who's got, got giant plans and uh you know this is the that's the master you're gonna you're, you're gonna do it do it right and Sasha Dewan was delightful in the first couple episodes so I'm happy to have him back here at the end to to chew some more scenery and uh also possibly alter Doctor Who canon forever yeah so I mean like looking back on the whole season we've got lots of little plot points which mm-hmm. are clearly building to this finale I mean I thought we were going to get something with the Ruth Doctor in this episode but nothing so that's clearly I think yes. the next episode uh, is called is it the, the Timeless, Timeless Children Child, Children yes um, the yeah so, so so hopefully that will reveal something but we also have the Cyberman thing I, I'm not I'm not 100% that the Cyberman stuff won't be wiped away Stephen Moffat style in almost no time um, like it's like that the, the Cybermen are dealt with fairly quickly and that it's really, um, they were just all an accessory to the, what the Master is doing. But I could be wrong, but I, I do I do wonder about that. And I will say, it's not necessarily true that the Ruth Doctor thing did not get addressed because of that 
clock. Yes. Yeah. I mean, th- that is That's possibly true. That is a heck of a red herring, if that's what it is. And maybe it is. But I look at that and I think, is this but, some weird, you know, history where these people are used and, and you know, these, these uh, immortals are kind of put through a cycle and they don't they don't keep their memory and things like that is that is this actually a time lord secret going on here i don't know i i mean there there have been rumblings in uh, the rumor mills uh which sound uh that that could be fairly close to the truth this, this is an, a child found in a basket who is immortal and invulnerable and that they seem to be doing something to, right? That is yes. that is arguably a timeless child. So yes. what are we seeing? I, right? I mean we could be we could be uh siphoning off some, you know, uh time energies mm. uh and things like that. But is this so you know, is this person a Time Lord, somebody who's being kept by the Time Lords, uh, you know, because Jack, uh, right? Jack has also been in this season, and we know that he is uh, immortal as well, which makes me wonder if there is some connection here. Um, but yeah, yeah, so many, so many uh, pieces in motion, and only uh, you know, forty uh, odd minutes to. I think maybe it's an hour. I think it's it's a long uh, it's a long finale. But uh, but yeah, still not a lot of time to wrap it up. And that's the question that I often have with these Doctor Who episodes: is you know that was a really great first thirty or forty minutes, but you don't have a lot of time to wrap it up. And sometimes the wrap up is uh, perfunctory, and you're disappointed. And sometimes the wrap up is fun enough that you're like, oh, that's fine. That was great. It was a great ride. And I don't know which one this will be. Yeah, well, they they need the extra twenty minutes for twenty minutes more of uh, Brendan's life uh, mm. from various. I mean, like, so if this is a Time Lord, uh, let let's say this immortal is being kept and is in some kind of simulated reality or whatever, and is having their energies drained off. This is a a good working theory. Why in like nineteen fifties Ireland? I don't know. Is that um, is that where that is? Well, it was certainly Ireland, and okay. you know, it looked well. They, they were, uh, I think, they referred to the Garda at one point being the Irish police force. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, and and the accents were uh, okay. to me. To me, sounded Irish, and I okay. apologize so profusely why, if I'm why, wrong. Why is the mid twentieth century Ireland the home of this thing? It's a good question. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, Gallifrey really got into sort of Ireland in that time period <laughs> for a right. while, and it was just you know, that's right. Uh, it, it was a fad. Um, yes, before William Hartnell, as the Doctor, was interested in England in the sixties, the previous yes. previous generations of the Doctor <laughs> were interested in Ireland in the fifties. Yes. Um, well, you you know you got to work <laughs> your way around. I think I saw somebody reference that this was the first time Doctor Who had been in Ireland, or at least the show had been to Ireland, and I don't know if that's true or not, huh. but uh, interesting if interesting. true. Uh, Any other thoughts yeah. about this About this one? I mean, it, we are just kind of like throwing things against the wall and saying, come back next week to see what, what stuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it, if we throw out enough theories, one of them yeah. is going to be correct. <laughs> Um, I I don't know. I mean, I I found it frustrating in a way the episode because 
I wanted some payoff, uh, more than just like the master jumping through a a Stargate and shouting surprise. Um, But yes, so uh, if the second half is good, then the whole will be good. And if the second half is terrible, then we will uh, say, ah, they never stick the landing on the two-part finales. Yeah, that's it's an incomplete grade, and that's how we have to do it. Uh, lots to chew on and lots to set up, and I think it looked great. I think with the exception of me wanting a little more kind of alien, maybe style uh, tension in that spaceship when the good guys are on the spaceship and the bad guys are on the spaceship and they don't really interact until the very end. Um but, you know, I thought it was enjoyable and tense and sets up a lot of things. And beyond that, like you said, there is no payoff. I, I I would always prefer to have a little payoff that then there's a twist and then we get to the next part. And this is not that. This is literally just part one of two. And we're going to pace it so that you get up to the tense moment when everything is in jeopardy and come back next week yeah in in the future when you're binge watching this uh season it's not a problem yeah this Uh, little this little part here where we're talking will just not exist yes where we have to talk and then wait a week there'll be a little thing and it'll spin round and round and then the next episode will start and yeah um but yeah i mean i i like so i like the cinematography of this one There there were at least you know as we said before there were two or three shots where i kind of thought oh that that is very nicely done look at doctor who making a nice shot like that right and the cybermen again i thought they were interesting because you've got this leader who is different and makes them have person he has personality and he seems threatening and it's like i i i heard that they were doing the cybermen this year and i'm like oh boy well okay we'll see but no it's been good well handled and I also liked in this episode that uh, Graham and Yaz were sort of off on their own little adventure with Graham kind of falling into a sort of proto-doctor. And, you know, clearly the doctor rubs off on all the companions right. and and he's kind of like, you know, oh, we never give up. And, well, and, and she says, look at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Ryan didn't get to do quite as much. You know, he got left behind right. and then sort of just... Uh, hung along with the the rest of them uh, yeah, and he, he's he is also present yes. at uh at, at kasharmas but perhaps that's important because then he's around for the big thing in part two yeah i mean with all the with all the uh comments in the previous episode i think it was with him sort of wondering about whether his time with the doctor was limited and things like that i was when he got left behind and was uh you know be under under fire i was thinking oh no not another companion killed off by a cyberman yeah. um but uh it didn't go that way and uh given that nobody other than you know half of the remaining humans were killed off uh <laughs> i don't think that uh i don't think that they're going to kill off any of the others in 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 next week's one uh, and I don't think they'll turn any of them into Cybermen, which is obviously the threat that... I mean, they just they just did that, right? I know, yeah. yes. So, uh, again, I can't see them doing it a second time. Again, with the Master running around. What is it, the Master and Cybermen? It's, it's like, clearly, yeah, we've got the Cybermen. They're not quite good enough by themselves. Um, yeah. we'll, throw, we'll throw in the Master. Sure. Um, Something about that. But... Yes, well, we we shall see. We I mean, shall I, see. It One was, more. It, it was enjoyable, and this yeah. season so far, I have enjoyed probably a lot more than the last 
season. Um, I agree. I mean, it seemed like it was trying to course correct a bit far in the opposite direction of, you know, oh, remember that thing you really loved from Doctor Who? Well, here it is. But um, I, you know, I, I don't mind being pandered to and I, I, I have enjoyed it. So, you know, if they, if, if they stick the landing, as we keep saying, for, for the next episode, I, I will count this season as uh, as a success. And right. I'm just saying this because I'm not on the season roundup uh that you're recording so I'll just get my comment in now okay i wonder um my prediction for next time is that they will resolve a bunch of things but they will have some kind of shocking surprise uh reveal that will not be dealt with so that there can be you know, fall out from it next season. So that's my, my feeling like we'll get a better idea of sort of what the master is, has found out, but the, what we learn has ramifications that will not be addressed directly. And then, uh, by the way, for people who don't know, there will be a holiday special. Um, they, they haven't gone back to shoot the Jodie Whittaker's third season yet. Um, there are rumors that that's not going to happen for a few months yet, which would put it, um, way off into probably later in 2021 than we would like but when they shot this season they shot the entire season and a special so presumably there will be an episode either christmas or new year's even if the next series doesn't happen until later in 2021 so if we have a big cliffhanger at the end of the next episode we we might still have a resolution to that i mean right my guess not is is it won't be cliffhanger per se, but because there is this special that they made, it, it would actually be very hard for them to do something that was a giant cliffhanger. Because do you want to have a giant cliffhanger resolved in your Christmas special? Doesn't and yeah, then not I, have another one? I I guess, but I mean, we have had regenerations in Christmas specials and things like that. But but yes, if the function of a Christmas special is to bring in the viewers who wouldn't normally be watching, um, right. But I mean, we didn't have the Christmas special this year. We had the New Year's New Year's thing, yeah, and, and that was, so, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see what they do. But it there is another one in the bank, regardless of when they start shooting this next season, which would presumably be Jodie Whittaker's last, because it's been since Tom Baker that uh, Doctor did more than three seasons. I mean, um, she so. said that she's doing another one, which might yes. be a lie. You know, never never underestimate the ability of these people to completely no, I mean, lie about I, things. I, everything that's been said is that they're coming back to do another series, and uh, it's unclear who all is a part of that, but that uh, Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall are. So um, I guess we'll find out. But first, we have to get through next week and see where we are. So... Um, James, thank you for taking me through this episode that doesn't have an ending. Um, well, um, <laughs> I, I'm always happy to do any Cyberman slash Master season yes. finale uh, podcasting. I, um, I am happy that you were here for it, even though I didn't even remember that it was you and I who did that one. Uh, I only remembered because I looked it up. Uh, yes. That'll do. That'll do. All right. Well, thank you to everybody out there as well for listening to the Doctor Who Flashcast. We have one more. It's next week, so we'll be back then for the big Timeless Children season finale. Um, but until then, goodbye.